recording right now. Oh, okay. Oh, Jack made it. Nice. Boom. And we're here. Weird time recorded. My guest today, Eli Bailey. How are you, sir? You're a you're a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. You are a college graduate yes. of biology. Mm-hmm. Twenty two years old. And you're about to drink gin for the first time. But yes. d- full disclaimer. I'm gonna make you a very, very, very weak drink. Yes, it's as weak as I can possibly make, and you, you will be fine. I mean, I guess we could start with why it's gonna be so weak. <laughs> <laughs> so. Not, not a big drinker, but you know, I'll, I'll do most of the drinking for the both of us. Um, so, yeah. While I make this, just tell us a little about yourself. Right. Okay. So yeah, basically what Jared said. I am a college graduate. Um. Yeah, I've been working at a tomato bar. That's how me and Jared met. Uh, we are co-workers. Um, yeah. I've known you since... How old were you? Almost 16. Almost 16. Almost 16. And you were going to work as a host, and I quickly realized... No. You you were more suited... I was suited... Back to in the, the kitchen. It was more that I was suited not to be in the front. Yeah. It was really bad. But in a good way. No, in a good way. It was it was bad in a bad way. Like Ashley was surprised I came back. Uh, it was pretty bad, but you know it worked out. I've been with you guys a total of, jeez, obviously not counting while I was in college and took my two years, two and a half, or three. There you go. Try that and tell me what you think. Yeah. Okay. Try that and tell me what you think. You can hear it. The sizzle. Good? Yeah, it does taste like pine. <laughs> yeah? Got a little... Yeah, Corinne was right. Do you enjoy that? No, I don't think it's bad. Cool. Yeah. It's just like, I've never found any alcohol that I liked, liked, liked. Mm-hmm. There was one time I tried mead, and that was pretty good. But obviously, I'm not going to have that now, because, you know, vegan or whatever. But, yeah, that's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. So... What do you want to What do you want to delve into first? Because I'm ready. I'm ready for you to blow my mind. Because hmm. you are. Uh, I feel like you're an eccentric thinker. Eccentric, right? Yeah, I think that's one way of putting it. Yeah. Um. D and D. Yes. We gonna start there. Let's talk. Let's go there. Okay. I'm very interested. I think it's cool. You know, I was talking to some of the guys because you have a, a game you do with some of the guys in a. You do two games, right? Yes. As soon as it started, it's empty. <laughs> It's it's it's, uh, it's funny because like I started that group, you know, because there are so many people at T- Tomato Bar that are like, I want to try this, and then I started it, and then suddenly I get um, an email saying that I'm hired, and at a at the at a university, so I will be leaving eventually. I don't know the exact date yet, but. We'll, well, I want to talk about that too, but yeah, down the, line. the Dungeons and Dragons first. Yeah. You get, do you get to, you get to create your own character. Yes. So let me let me start from the beginning. Go basically. ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, a long time ago, in a land very far away, and by that I mean somewhere in the United States, 
a guy named Gary Gygax uh, was playing a war game. And instead of playing the war game, uh, him and uh, his compatriots, I don't know the name of those people, uh, wanted to instead play uh, a kind of role-playing game. And from there, Dungeons and Dragons was kind of born over time, you know. Mm -hmm. So what we have today is not what that was. That was a lot different than what we got right now. But what we got right now is Dungeons and Dragons and a bunch of other different games like Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu for like more horror-related stuff. Um, but I play D and D uh, for the most part. Actually, I think that's the only system I've really played. Um, but it uh, sounds like fun. Yeah. So yes, you do make your own character. Um, the world, usually a medieval fantasy setting. Um, is either entirely made up in the dungeon master's head, right? Uh, that's what we call homebrew. Or there are settings out there, like books, that you can use that give rules and numbers to a story that you can go through and play and um, interact with, I think. That's the really big part. So you can make up your own, or you can get like a book and do it yeah yeah i mean that's really up to the dm and players right because what i normally do is i normally homebrew you know i kind of like that yeah i normally do that i usually i build from the ground up or i'll take a an idea and i'll just you know tweak it a little bit um so for example uh the world i got for and of all all the worlds that i've made so far like i use the base um, I use the D&D, like, 5e base. Like, I don't make, you know, custom races or anything, which we'll get into that later, but I don't, like, do... I've made custom classes before, but they're a little wonky, you know? Mm -hmm. Classes being, like, what your character does. But, um, the world I have currently, like, there's a big desert in the center, it's entirely surrounded by mountains... And there's this witch a very long time ago that controlled, like, a third of the planet, but she's gone now, and, like, the world is dealing with the consequences of that thousands of years later when there's this small um, magical state that's controlling everything through puppetry and trade and all that. Like, it's—my campaigns usually get, like, a little political, you know, in Ooh. that way. Yeah. So you you set up the— like the geography of everything that's probably where you would start right yeah so you don't have to start where there mm -hmm. but i like to start there because it kind of gives me an idea of how the people will interact with the land and then by then you know how they would interact with each other a little bit right so but yeah that's as far as like world building goes and you know most players aren't really as interested in the world building as they are like with the interacting with the world and the uh, uh, making of their own characters and all that. So so as the dungeon master, it's your job to set up the world and and kind of keep the story moving along. Basically, right? yeah. What's your uh, favorite character anyone's ever come up with? Ooh, or like one of them, or like a couple, or, or like maybe... It's hard. I'm sure it's hard to pick one, but just one of your favorite characters. Because mm -hmm. I was talking with everyone, and there we had a monkey monk. Yes. There was a monkey monk. There was a guy who was just a straight-up cowboy. Yes. And then there was a 
halfling druid? Yes, a short person who has nature powers and can turn into animals and all sorts of stuff. That's cool. Like I, I think nature wizard, that's pretty cool. Nature wizard is pretty cool. And, and druid, it's one of the more flexible classes. Like mm-hmm. You can go a lot of directions with it. Like If you want to be this unstoppable like shapeshifter that tears through people like limb by limb you can do that well well there has to be some sort of limitation or is there no limitation oh there's limitations you can just be like you can't be like i'm superman yeah yeah like i shoot you with lasers out of my eyes and you're dead can you do that well theoretically you you could but you're bound by the rules you know uh there's a number on every spell there's a limitation on every ability. A little bit closer? Yeah, get a little closer. Yeah. There's a limitation on every ability. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's a number on every spell. There's limitations, right? And it's up to the DM to like keep the players to those limitations. Or Yeah, you can't be like, I'm invincible and I never run out of bullets and I have this gun. It's just like, all right, dude, you can't do all that. Yeah, no. I mean, unless, unless you got a magic gun that refills with bullets, but the DM gave you that. Okay. You know? Okay. So... There's um my favorite character that any well it's more of a concept because mm-hmm. it hasn't actually been it hasn't been invoked yet. This is a kind of an emergency scenario. But one of my players in my um Monday campaign they made a horrid monstrosity, a demon whose body was summoned into mundane objects by accident. So a horrid monstrosity. Yes, it is. Demon. It it is a demon. Okay. Right. And what's a horrid monstrosity? No, a horrid. I like a horrible monstrosity. Right. Hor- so okay. Horrid, like H O R R I D. But um, basically, you know, it's a demon, but it's a bucket. It's a bucket that some drunkard put on his head and was possessed by the demon. And that's the story. The demon goes looking for the rest of its body. Sounds like that's going to be the rest of my night this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Find the bucket. I'm just, oh, there's a bucket. That'll be after this podcast. You find the bucket, you become the demon, and you rule the world. Right. Yeah. So the demon's inside mundane objects. And yes. that's kind of the trick of how it gets to latch on to people. Is that the yeah. concept of it? Specifically the bucket. Gotcha. The bucket is like its brain, basically. So it just looks like a normal, oh, look at this bucket. Actually, the fun thing is the bucket, and my player stipulated this, right? The bucket can change what kind of bucket it is and how big the bucket it is in order so that it will have the best ability to get onto someone's head. Interesting. Yes. That's that trickster demon. Exactly. However, it has to be a bucket. Right. So. And then you, no one's like no one's threatened by a bucket. Not ne- if. Next thing you know, you got a bucket on your head and you're that's a demon. Yes. And so it's going walking around looking for the other mundane things to c- completely yep, fill it. itself, yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, I believe it's a shovel, and then there are two shackles, like prison shackles, mm-hmm. and a pair of pants. 
like not impressive pants either like some worn down pants and that's the entire set and once you get the entire set you're you're kind of you're kind of big let me put it that way <laughs> well so are are you just like fucked you're fully encompassed by this demon now at this point yeah like the so I- it's calling the shots the more things that's on you the more it's like you're just you're kind of a zombie at this point kind of thing. It's kind of from there, like that from the start, okay. because um, when you put the bucket on, right, the demon basically gives you a choice, and it's, I cut off your head as the bucket, or you do what I say, and you make a pact with me, and that's the deal. And unfortunately, for the person that's in the bucket, um... The bucket actually cuts your intelligence when it does that. So you become like a permanently stupid person with a bucket on your head with uh, eventually like insane muscle mass because that's one of the things the bucket starts doing is it changes how so it's kind of like does it's kind of like a like venom in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like from Spider-Man. Yeah. And then you kind of have to decide like, do I want to die or do I want to just kind of roll with this thing yeah i mean i get to be strong i guess i'm still alive it's exactly like that i didn't think of it like that but it is like venom like venom from Mm spider-man so you just you get controlled by this thing and you have two choices you die or you keep going right and unfortunately the keep going thing unlike venom is you're stupid right which sucks but you're alive and you get powerful down the line even though you're not really in control of what's going on yeah, and also, I mean, if you're stupid, do you even know you're stupid at that point? True. You know? True. Stupid I, people don't know they're stupid. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. And you know what? Those tend to be the best people, the people that know their limits. Like, they tend to be the best to hang out with, you yeah. know? Like, they know. They're they just know. like, I'm so stupid. Why am I so stupid? <laughs> <laughs> nah. I like that character. That, there's a lot of thought going on into that. That one, like, that one we're still building from the ground up. It's still a concept. Like, that's a gotcha. proper, like, project we've got going on. So that's not necessarily a character. That's more of, it is a character, but like you're saying, it's more of like a... It's a concept. Yeah. It's going to be a character. Uh, it's going to be immediately, like, an NPC uh, partly so that I can like test drive it, and what's part- NPC? A non-player character. Gotcha. So someone that you put in the world as the DM usually, mm-hmm. and you control it as the DM to like either be a hindrance, an asset, or a neutral. Yeah, like the people walking around on the street in like Grand Theft Auto. That's know. actually exactly yeah. that's the same term NPC. Mm-hmm. They use that for video games too. Yep, because yep. there's that movie coming out with Ryan Reynolds. What movie? So he's he's an NPC. Is that what it is? Non-player character. Yeah, yeah. NPC. So he is one of those in a video game, and all this crazy shit's going on. And then he realizes, like, oh no, he's like, I'm in a video game. What the fuck's going? Like, it's like a like a comedy, but not. It's you know, it's so, and he ends up like trying to save the video game or whatever. I don't know, but it's an interesting concept. Yeah, I'll have to watch. Like, is it out already? No, it's not out yet. Okay, I'll have to watch that when it comes out because that's pretty. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, I mean, like having that that moment where you're just like, "Oh shit, I'm not like a a real like person. I'm just like an extra 
I'm yeah. just like an extra in this movie that's not even about me. <laughs> like that would just like blow your mind. There's um there's kind of an unspoken rule in D&D that if your character like wishes for meta knowledge that you just kill them immediately because they're not allowed to do that, right? What do you, what do you mean like meta knowledge? So like say, "Oh, I wish my character knew every like way to increase his ability scores say something like that so mm-hmm. something very mathy gotcha, gotcha. Very, and then you're like okay well now he knows that he's a player in a game or not a player in a game that he's like a character and now he knows his life is meaningless and as such he's going to uh do as he sees fit with that knowledge and yeah because if you just end up knowing everything and you have this ultimate self-realization that you are actually just don't really exist they would just like i mean my eye just switched just saying that yeah it's like if you've had depression that's like i think that would trigger like a mega anxiety episode probably well, i guess not depression if anxiety you get what i'm saying or it's like yeah it's like uh like somehow the veil has been lifted you know and you're not just going to work or you're not just going to fill up your car with gas you're actually seeing through everything and realizing an ultimate truth that you could not ever really hide from you hear the click clack of the dice in the background yeah. with every move you make you're like there's just a bunch of motherfuckers drinking mountain dew cold red and fucking talking about boners in here i don't even exist I can feel the Cheeto dust yeah. as they move me yeah. around the board. Yeah, I, I just thought I had orange dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was turning into Trump. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting idea. It's that's also for sure. Also, it makes sense that you know some asshole probably did do that. He's like, I want to know everything, and it's just like, okay, well now you have to die. Well, yeah. I mean, that's actually, I think that's a written rule in one of the editions, mm-hmm. is that if a character wishes to know everything, like, they use the words, I want to know everything, that they actually, like, literally die. Like Just their head explodes. Their head explodes. Like, I think that's a written rule somewhere. I don't know if it's in 5th edition at all, but I think it's a rule in one of the previous editions. That's a thing, like, this has been going, like, we've had five editions, technically six, how long do they take, or do they just not ever really end? What, the uh, games? Yeah. Oh, well... Depends. It, it depends, right? Yeah. So it kind of ends when the group says it ends, right? Yeah. So, or everyone dies, and then it ends, right? Um, Is there a winner? Also hmm. depends? It also depends on your definition of winner, I would say. Because, well, I mean... Because, like, say you save the town, right? And then you find out oh, wait, the goblins that we were defending the town from, uh, they were actually the ones being raided by the town we saved. And who really won there? Yeah, it's not like you, you save a town and then you find a wife and you go have a plot of land and you're just playing this game where you farm every day and teach your kids shit. Like, yeah. what's winning? I mean, you could play a kind of Harvest Moon game if you want, but... It's kind of... Uh, I like how it's this, like semi-empty slate that yeah it's and you kind of creatively can come up with and it gives you there's some like philosophical points mm-hmm. to some of it as well yeah and i mean every dm has their like ticks right their their tendencies mm-hmm. like 
I don't think I've had a game where it wasn't like where the campaign world didn't have some sort of like weird like philosophical like political underpinning mm-hmm. in it like i'm talk, you know the game that i run with my thursday group and monday group like that's set in the same world just in different time periods but they both have that kind of same like consideration about you know power in that context and then there was actually this really interesting game that i ran that was um you would actually probably find this interesting. Have you ever heard of My Hero Academia? Mm-mm. It's an anime, right? It's a superhero anime. And a couple of my friends uh, from, well, one of them was back from high school. Well, two of them. Okay, so two of them was from high school, and one of them was uh, the cousin of someone I knew from high school and his friend, who later became my, they both became my friends now. Mm-hmm. Um wanted to play a game that was based off of this anime this superhero anime and it's a superhero high school anime and i was thinking how the hell am i gonna make a high school superhero D thing work and i kind of did uh i said it in britain right mm-hmm. and the idea was basically that the school that they go to is basically ran by the crown right and they train their superheroes there they call them knights in britain right that are sponsored by the crown and they go out and they fight crime and they do all this bullshit and there's also this again political underpinning where the prince right the next in line to the throne has this kind of different vision for what britain can be Mm -hmm. and so he uses his influence uh and a lot of secrecy to basically create a terrorist cell and they end up being the villain group right Mm -hmm. and the fun part and I was not expecting this to happen. And this is the best part about DMing is when your players do things that you don't expect to happen. Two of my players wanted to join the terror cell. Interesting. Little plot twist. Yes. And they actually, like, once they found out that this was a thing that was happening and that there was a group and they had this thing called Divine Right, which is basically like a power boost given by the crown, they decided oh i want that i want that ability to be super powerful when it's even if it's like given by an evil person i want that and so two of them went behind the backs of the other two and they decided that they're going to go ahead and be terrorists damn yeah and that's kind of that's kind of another cool thing about it is just like in life you don't know what you don't know what how things are going to turn out, what people are going to do. Exactly. You can only kind of set loose parameters and then see, you know, motherfuckers might join a terrorist group. Yeah, and that's exactly what the fuck happened. And do you have to, like, work to become a dungeon master? Like, do you have to start off playing? I mean, obviously you would start off playing, I'm sure, but can just anyone do it? It is, in my opinion, 
ideal that you start off playing. However, I've known people that have just started DMing because they didn't know anyone that had a group open around them. Mm -hmm. And they decided to just get a bunch of their friends and they would DM and they would be the players because no one else, usually it's no one else wants to DM basically. Everyone wants to play. Not a lot of people like DMing. I am blessed in my stupidity <laughs> to actually like uh, running the games and like building the world. Like it's a lot of work. Yeah, it seems like it is. Yeah, seems like it would take a certain type of person, you know, to want to do it. Yeah. It won't. So you were a player first, obviously, yeah. right? Do you remember uh, JBug? Yes. Yes, I actually. Uh, joined the group that they were in way back when I was still working. What was your character? Uh, my first character was great. He was a um, he was a pirate bard, right? What's a bard? A bard is a person that plays music and somehow casts spells doing that. Interesting. Yeah, so you, you play your guitar and you set someone on fire. Like, it's just like that. Damn, dude. Yeah. A pirate that's in a band? That sounds like well, getting all the ladies. The band comes later. But the pirate thing uh, came first. So that's how he like deals with shit? He's just like, what'd you say? And he whips out his instrument, and he's like, bing -la -ding -la -ling. Yes. And then fucking people's face faces melt. Either that or because, of course, it's a... Uh, it's a uh, guitar axe. He just slices their head off. Okay. Right. Because, you know, it's D&D. &D. Stupid shit like that. It's so cool. you, you just do whatever you... So he has a guitar axe, and yes. he... Can, do, he did. Does he use his powers for good? Originally, he did. Like, can he make ladies fall in love with him? Yeah. So eventually, I kind of grew bored of the character because he was kind of a spaz, and I leaned into him being a spaz, and I didn't want to be a spaz anymore. Mm -hmm. So I decided to... Uh, help my uh, friend who was DMing at the time uh, with a plot point by allowing my character to be written out but to also use that as an opportunity to cause some drama. So, the thing about Cracker Jack, that was his name, right? Cracker Jack. Yes, his name was Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack was gay, right? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it was actually uh, it was interesting because uh, so he had a boyfriend, right? Mm -hmm. An orc boyfriend. And they were fighting the our group was fighting orcs at the time. Who was definitely a power bottom. Orcs are I feel like are always power bottoms. Uh I think Crackerjack was a bottom himself, actually. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a bottom. Either way. Pirate's booty. Pirate pirates. <laughs> right. Booty. Yes, exactly. And then um so Crackerjack, right? He was, uh, his orcish boyfriend, right, uh, was possessed by this demon called Orcus. He's not called Orcus because he's in charge of orcs. That's just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. This right. shit goes deep. Yeah. Uh, Grumish is the god of orcs, but Orcus is a different, like, thing. But, um, either way, he w his boyfriend was possessed by Orcus, and the party was going to kill him, his boyfriend, right? Crackerjack stood in the way of that. He put it all down for love, mm -hmm. and him and his boyfriend escaped. And uh, I would say they lived happily ever after, but they did not 
uh, later on, they both came back to the original continent because they were on a different continent during that. And this was when I was DMing, right? This was my first time DMing this time because we used to hot potato in that group. We used to change who DMed. It was interesting. Nice. But when I DMed, I had this whole time travel thing happen, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, someone came back from the future to try and prevent the world from ending. And they gave the party like information to try and stop it. And during that time, the uh, Cracker Jack, his boyfriend, and a group of people that he got in, like got together, kind of the anti-party, if mm-hmm. you get my drift, right? Were sailing in, and they actually went and helped the party uh, get shit together, uh, get all these artifacts that they need to get together to stop the end of the world. And then uh, there was an attempted like subterfuge, right? Where Cracker Jack and the King of the Orcs, not Cracker Jack's boyfriend, mm-hmm. tried to steal two of the artifacts because these are really powerful artifacts during the whole ceremony to like save the world. So Cracker Jack was the first to die. And damn, yeah, yeah, it was a spectacular. So he was going out to try to steal those a couple artifacts, and he just got taken out. He got taken out, but in a spectacular way. What Um, happened? Basically, what happened was, we they didn't have all the artifacts. They only had two. They had the axe and the. It was one of the other ones. It was the axe. And one of the other ones. I can't remember. Uh, either way, um, th- the party, right, they had the hammer and the sword, right? So what they did was they turned invisible, went in, and then they just slammed Cracker Jack as hard as they could with the hammer. Mm. And they rolled to, like, activate the artifact's power, which is, like, a really hard roll, and they rolled to do it, and they succeeded. So... Damn, R.I.P. Cracker Jack. Not, not just R.I.P. Like he, uh, he got mega, mega zonked. Rest in pieces. Yes, but I'm, I'm glad that happened. That's cool. You got, you got to live life as Cracker Jack for a while. What you did you? How many D and D characters have you had? Oh, jeez. A lot. Yeah. Um, and just counting the ones that I've done, like, in campaigns, like, actual campaigns, it makes it a little bit shorter. Was Cracker Jack your favorite? Cracker Jack was my first one. I don't know if he was my favorite, really. Give me that favorite. The favorite was probably, uh, probably a tie between Vermilion and, you know what, no, it's just Vermilion, actually. Uh, Vermilion is an elven blade singer. He's a wizard that not only casts spells, but he can fight with a sword, right? I like that. Yeah. And wizards are different from the other spellcasters in that they write down their spells. Most casters don't write down their spells. Only wizards really do that. They're the uh, kind of the knowledge class. Mm -hmm. They have like the high intelligence. They have the the study, you know. And so I always found that fun. But I always found, like, I played him like a cocky bastard, and that was always very funny. Yeah. Because I'm 
you know, especially back then, I was not like that. So. But all that's inside you. Yeah. An elven. What was it? Blade wizard. Blade singer. Blade singer. Oh yeah, that's part of it. Like uh, a blade singer, when they fight, they sing, and they sing a song of death, basically, where they like sing and the magic like kind of helps them move. It's all kind of like they're flowing. It's kind of like a one thing. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna fucking cut you up, fucking cut you up, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> If I were to play, I like that, dude. I kind of, I like that. It is pretty cool. Like when I was playing him, like mechanically, it's a really good class. Like just as someone that's been a DM and a player, like it's pretty solid. And then thematically, it's pretty sweet. Like you're just singing and you're slicing people up, and then you cast a fireball out of nowhere. Like it's if you're about to sword fight a motherfucker and he starts singing. That's going to scare the <laughs> shit out of you. You're like, this dude knows what the fuck he's doing. Exactly. And then, like, while he's singing, he goes he goes faster. He can, like, do backflips and shit. Because, like, the singing provides you bonuses. Right. Like, ridiculous bonuses. Like, you become harder to hit. Uh, anytime you have to, like, dodge, you are able to, like, you basically get advantage, which means you roll the d20... Right, which is basically how I should have brought my dice. That would have been smart. Um, but anyway, yeah, you roll a d twenty twice instead of once, and you take the higher number, which is mm-hmm. really good. Um, so yeah, it it's it's real ridiculous. Damn, give me what character would I be? I don't know. Give me a character. Hmm. Is it infinite? Is there just you can come up with anything? I mean, yeah, you kind of can. Like, if you if you tell me something, I can probably fit it into a box. Like, it's pretty easy, you know. As, as long as it's a medieval fantasy setting, I'm not. Mid- as it has with to be you. medieval fantasy setting. Yeah. I yeah. like a Robin Hood esque. Do I like the fucking blade singer aspect? Right. I would say wizard-esque, but I don't think I'm smart enough for wizard. And maybe I just have like a giant gen bottle I beat people over the head with. The real fun part is when you play something that you're not yourself. You know? Like, I played a gay, like, pirate. Like, that was a (laughs) lot of fun, man. So, okay, so it's not necessarily, you're not taking your attributes. It's kind of like... I mean, maybe there's a little bit of gay pirate in me, but there ain't much. There's a little gay pirate in all of us, let's be honest. I think after that conversation, yeah. I think all of us <laughs> will carry Cracker Jack with us. But uh but yeah, like the best part about it and I have uh one of my players like can't they always want to put a part of themselves into their character, mm-hmm. which I respect. Like that's a really good way to get into role play. For sure. Me personally though, I'm more of a uh let's see how far I can push myself until I'm uncomfortable. Because you have to, like, be that person during the game, right? Yes. Well, you don't have to, but I would highly recommend Do you, you talk do like them? Sometimes. Like, do you give them a voice? Like, when you did the whole, like, superhero anime set in Britain, was that was everyone talking like this? 
sometimes Sutton got into it. Uh, one of my friends really did the accent and everything, but a lot of them really, uh, really didn't in that one. Uh, but I think with Vermilion, I had a voice like this. It's very slight, but you can kind of tell that I'm trying something, mm, right? Gotcha. And then Cracker Jack just sounded like a, a spazzy pirate. I don't mm. want to do that voice because it hurts my voice to do it now. Like, it was really bad. <laughs> I feel like I'd want to do the voices. It's so much fun. I feel like if you're going to go, let's fucking go. You know what I mean? There was one. I might dress. I might fucking dress the fuck up, dude. I don't know. There was one I made. It was a dwarf um, druid, and his name was Dirt. Nice. And he had such low intelligence that he couldn't speak. At least that's what I ruled. <laughs> so I just made grunts and stuff. And, like, weird noises occasionally when I really wanted something to be noticed. It was a lot of fun playing a character that couldn't speak. Like, that was that was interesting. So. Damn. I like that, man. Yeah. Sounds like fun. It, it was a lot of fun. They're all fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's really... It's like, I feel like there are definitely a lot of things that I've done as a DM in the past that I probably wouldn't do now, you know? Uh, just like well, you learn. You get better at it, just yeah, like anything. Exactly. But I think, for the most part, uh, my players would say that I'm, I've am i been a pretty good DM for most of my run, probably. I, I heard you're pretty good at it. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I think if everyone's having fun and it's a good time, that's the, that's the whole point, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's that's the best part. Like, as a DM... Remember when I was talking about the terrorist cell, mm -hmm. right? As soon as something like that happens, you're like, fuck yes. You're like, oh shit, I didn't even see this coming, and I'm supposed to be the master. Exactly. Yeah. And like, your players sometimes can tell like when you're like, mm -hmm. what? <laughs> you're like, this is fun for me too. Yeah. I think it's nice to have something that you can do that it's a pursuit and you can enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for me, like this podcast is that for me. Like exactly. I don't even care if no one listens to it. I actually used to tape them on a four-track tape recorder hmm. when I first started doing it. And they're obviously on a tape. No one's going to listen to it. I mean, I did it for like a year and I never put them anywhere. It was just fun to do. You know what I mean? One like, day the lost tapes shall be revealed. The lost tapes. One day. I don't know if anyone needs to listen to that. I mean, you know what? M maybe not. I don't know the quality of the tapes, obviously. It was. It's just. It's a fun thing to do, and I think. I think a lot. A lot of people don't have that, or don't really think about things yeah. in that manner, and so. Maybe that it can cause like depression or like, I don't know. There has to be a way you can filter out the shit in the world. And sometimes it's a fun game you play with your friends and you come up with characters and sometimes you get drunk and talk shit into microphones and sometimes, <laughs> you know, you play the guitar. Like, it's just, it's a cool, cool to have something like that. And I think that's why that's, it's so special to people yeah. specifically that, like that. I don't know if there's been research done into this, um, whether like naturally creative people just tend to have more depression if they don't can't find an outlet but i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case i you wouldn't know? be surprised at all i think even i think that's one thing that causes depression i think is not yeah. having any way to filter out the mess i mean life's great life can be bad but also 
how do you how do you how do you like deal with that you know like if you don't have anything and you're just going to work coming home from work and then what just like watching i don't know watching tv not that tv's not bad but you don't have anything you're kind of actively doing yeah to fucking kind of filter out the muck of just of life so i'm all for supporting anything that anyone does you know some people like to go run yeah i don't but some people do yeah and the nice thing about like creative work you know sometimes very rarely never expect this but sometimes it could actually lead into like careers or um like some sort of legitimate uh celebrity right so yeah absolutely i i wish i would have noticed that earlier on in life it i'm i'm all i've always been like a late bloomer like yeah. it just takes me so long to like realize shit and uh so i remember i was in a computer lab where you had different shit you would do like you would one of them you would uh do like kind of not architectural work i'm not even saying that right see i'm an idiot but uh <laughs> so you would design like living rooms and shit and then we had this little like cad printer that would print out what you designed and yeah. you had to realize doors opened over here and this and that and then we had another it was just different modules and we had one that was um you got to do your own radio show so you would i you know you would read the sports page or do whatever you wanted you would pick songs and that was the only time in school i was like this is fun like this is fun and i wish i would have realized that then because i mean that's the eighth grade i could have like gone more towards that Right. Which now I am because obviously this, thank God for technological advances. But it was just, I wish I would have realized earlier on like some of the stuff I wanted to do because I never knew. And my dad was always like, uh, you'll, you'll find something someday, you know, you'll you'll find something that you're passionate about, you're in, into, and you you'll gravitate towards that. And I just was out there for forever <laughs> not doing anything, you know, just working jobs and working my hardest and just doing that but no pursuits that i was interested in so now at 34 years of age again starting a little late starting to find things that like no i'm into this so i'm gonna go towards this and just to have i don't know to to be able to do that it's it's very fulfilling mm -hmm. and it was something that was missing from my life for a very long time i i can't imagine not having something to like filter through you know like like what know. made you want to so you went to school for biology yes what made you want wh what was that pursuit like what what made you want to do that why were you into that yeah there's a little bit of complicated history here um actually back when i was almost 16 mm -hmm. right i wanted to be uh i wanted to go into the culinary arts right and uh I soon discovered that though I have fun cooking at home and though I do sometimes have fun uh, cooking like, you know, at restaurants and stuff, you know, I I don't think I could do that for like my career, you know. It's a hard life. It is. It is a hard life. And not only that, but it's a it's weird hours and nothing wrong with that. But you're working on holidays. Yeah. You're, wor you're working when everyone else is having fun. Exactly, and it's rough. And you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a little squishy. I'm a little, little softy. I ain't cut out for that. 
So um, I was, this then also intersected with the time that my great-grandmother uh, was diagnosed and started progressing into her Alzheimer's disease, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, sad time for everyone, and it was it would continue to be a sad time, you know, relatively for everyone as she would progress and get worse. Um, but that kind of inspired a kind of, what the hell is this? Why is she getting... Why Why is she changing? Like, what's happening to her brain? And I became interested in psychiatry. Not there yet. I became interested in psychiatry, right? And I decided, well, okay. And this is, these are conversations I'd have with my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And he always said, oh, I was always trying to push you into, uh, like, biological research. And you know what? He probably was. I don't blame him. Because, uh, you know... I don't think he wanted me to go into the culinary arts for for one. Makes sense. Yeah. But uh, I said, well, Dad, okay, M- maybe psychiatry, you know? I'm thinking that now. And he was saying, well, you're going to need a medical degree, right? So maybe you should go. Uh, I was in the culinary vocational at the time. Maybe next year you should go into the other vocational, the uh, health science vocational. And that was a great vocational. I went into that, and I learned a lot. And... I was actually like really interested in uh, the medical field at the time, at the at the end of all of that. Um, but then I started realizing, like, yes, I'll be treating people, right? And that's all well and good. And that is something that I think would be fulfilling. But then towards the end of my senior year, which that was during my senior year, and the beginning of college, like around there, I started realizing that what I really want to do is research disease like research into these things and find answers to questions that people have about how things work um so eventually i kind of gravitated towards that yeah and there's not a lot i mean there's not a lot that the collective we they us know about the mind you know they don't know a lot about alzheimer's yeah they don't know what really Right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm very ignorant to a lot of things, just because we know a lot more then now than we did uh, back when I was thinking about it. That's for sure. Um, there's a lot more evidence. Uh, actually, I would say it's uh, pretty evident now that the immune system plays a major role in a lot of what goes on in Alzheimer's, for example. Really? Yeah. So. Uh, you have these cells in your brain uh, called microglia, mm-hmm. and they are immune cells, uh, basically. Like, they have a bunch of other functions, right? And, uh, you know, this is not my area of expertise. It will be one day. That is my goal, mm-hmm. right? But basically, what they've found uh, in people with Alzheimer's is a couple things. One, the main uh, symptoms... Uh, not the main symptoms, but the main morphology of Alzheimer's are plaques and tangles, right? So you form these, uh, you you form these tangles of protein in your brain, like it, a buildup, kind of. Exactly, it's a buildup. It happens like in between, like the space between cells, 
and you know synapses and it just sits there and it causes a lot of a lot of shit to happen once it gets to a point certain point like things can't go where they need to go kind of a deal yeah so one thing that they've actually found is um during sleep you actually clear a certain amount of plaques and tangles that are just generated uh oh damn so that's why fucking sleep's so important please get enough sleep so you're ladies and gentlemen please so you're cleaning kind of your brain's able to because it's that makes sense right just you're not processing anything anymore yeah so your brain's able to go in there and fucking untangle some wires yeah yeah i can't remember what the term is for like when it's when it's flushed out basically like your cerebral spinal fluid basically goes in and it like clears through and it like clears it out why did it have to be sleep man i know right like why you know how hard it is for me to go to bed yeah i don't and i don't get enough sleep and it's like i swear to god i love everything that's bad for me my favorite food's corn dogs <laughs> <laughs> i don't like to go to bed it's like you know i've discovered vegan corn dogs recently and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna die of some some horrible thing now yeah like it's <laughs> it's only a matter of time um that's crazy though i didn't it i mean when you say it like that it makes sense Right? I mean, it just makes sense. Every animal on the planet, except for, like, sponges, every animal with a nervous system, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, someone, uh, sleeps. Dude, they sleep all day. My yeah. cat's a genius, probably, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, humans actually, uh, compared to a lot of other mammals, like, they don't really sleep that much. No, man. Like, on average. And, and no, I'm not even talking about, like, modern humans that are sleep-deprived all the time, and they're like, no, I'm just talking, like, you know, hunter-gatherer time. Like, we actually don't really sleep all that much, really, mm-hmm. like, compared to the other animals. Um, reason for that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think there's just a bunch of shit going on. I mean, there is a bunch of shit going on. I mean, you're like, I gotta get to bed. Next thing you know, you've watched two seasons of something. <laughs> Yes. Or you're like, I sh- man, I haven't really been sleeping, but you're up all night drinking gin. Right. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but that's reality. Anyone out there. So you went, so you, did you stick with psychology then? Nope. So you, which is, which is honestly, I don't know how you feel about it emotionally, but I think that's very healthy. I think it's very healthy to, you know, you don't know unless you try, right? Yeah. And the main reason I left um, the idea of psychology was actually, it was even before I went to college. Basically, the idea was I had to get a medical degree if I were to even get in. Sorry, I needed to get a pre-med degree, excuse me, before I could actually uh, go on and get the medical degree mm-hmm. and like do all the psychiatry shit. So I like to go for biology. And, of course... I came into contact with people that knew what the fuck they were talking about and knew about a lot of other things that I was interested in. Um, a uh, certain Dr. Bates, uh, a certain Dr. Scott Bates, who mm-hmm. got me into uh, mycology and lichenology. Like, that that was fun. That was great. Um, yeah. If he ends up listening to this, uh, that'd be pretty funny. But That would, if a doctor listened to this... That would be hilarious. Well, <laughs> yes. 
Um, but yeah, if you're out there, uh, Dr. Bates, I got a job. I got a job at a University of Cincinnati. I'll be emailing you soon telling you about it, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I am, yeah, back then I, during my first semester of biology, I'm pretty sure, uh, there was a guest lecturer and it was Dr. Bates, right? And he said, like at the end of his lecture, he gave a mycology lecture, which is the study of fungi. Mm-hmm. And mycology is the study of fungi. I, he said, you know, if anyone wants to do any research, uh, come down and talk to me after class and uh, we'll discuss things in my office, you know. And so uh, me and uh, Evan, another uh, person in the class, uh, came up to him like immediately after. And we were like, we both said that we were interested in research and we ended up both taking projects under him. I did a, I did a project that focused on endolichinic bacteria. So basically, what we did endolichinic bacteria. Yes. So, uh, bacteria that are within a lichen. And do you know what a lichen is? I probably explained this before. I do not know what a lichen is. Is that a werewolf? Yes. No. It's not. <laughs> it. So. A lichen, right, is a union between a fungi and an algae and other microorganisms in the mix. Mm-hmm. That's what we would be studying. But a fungi and an algae. And basically, the fungi wraps itself around the algae and it extracts from it sugars that are made through photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. And in return, the algae uh, gets a kind of home. You know, it's surrounded by the fungi. It's protected, right? Symbiotic relationship. I, personally, I think it's a little bit of a one-sided per- relationship. I think the fungi gets a lot more than the uh, than the than the algae does. Okay, but that's you know that's a personal. Uh, that's, that's how personal you see opinion. it. I respect that. Yeah, it, it's a little abusive, honestly. Like you got them locked in there. You're like, okay, honey, you just keep keep cooking me food. And yeah, eat that sandwich, and it's like, oh. So the fungi's so the fungi's doing that. The fungi is the abusive husband. Abusive yes. husband. I was gonna say that you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Perfect. And then, uh, and the cats and dogs. I would say uh, of this relationship, the pets, maybe not pets. Maybe that's not a good way. Of, whatever. Uh, the bacteria in the situation, mm-hmm. right? Um. So, what we did, we wanted to study the bacteria. We weren't interested at that time in the fungi or the algae. So. We dipped the, we got lichens from the wild. They're easy to find. They're everywhere. If mm-hmm. you've seen like these uh, things on the side of trees, they look like leaves, but they're growing out of the side of trees and it's like fall. Mm-hmm. You know, those like big, like green looking things. Uh, those are lichens. Uh, they're pretty easy to spot. Uh, you could actually look one up right now on the computer if you want, if you want a visual representation. It's L I C H E N. I'll look it up both, on my phone. Both those at home and uh, those. In the studio, uh, L-I-C-H-E-N. But yeah, they're pretty cool looking things. Uh, So we collected the lichens lovingly, uh, caringly, and then we dipped them in bleach and alcohol. Oh yeah, it looks like like seaweed moss almost, right? Yeah, 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 it's kind of looked like a moss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what what are you trying to what are you you're just studying these things? Yeah, we were. Uh, so, like I said, we were looking for the bacteria. So, we cut them up, 
Uh, sorry, we dip in bleach first. That's to get rid of any uh, bacteria on the surface. Mm -hmm. We don't want bacteria on the surface. We want stuff inside. Endo, you know, inside. So we surface sterilize them, dip them in bleach, dip them in alcohol. Then we cut them up, right, with a sterile razor. Mm -hmm. And the sterile part's really important. Uh, in microbiology, there's this thing called aseptic technique. Basically, you do not want any kind of contamination at all when you're dealing with microorganisms. Because that fucks your shit all up. It fucks our shit all the fuck up. Like, it's real bad. You, um... Like, if you're trying to study an organism, it's very hard to study the organism when it's dead. Because a different organism uh, decided to make a home in your petri mm -hmm. dish. Mm -hmm. Like, that's very difficult, actually. Um, so, yeah, we actually plated the lichen thallus itself after we cut it, and we just waited for something to grow. And something did grow, some things did grow. Uh, we isolated them, uh, grew them on their own plates, and then we just sequenced them, and that was that. Uh, that was basically my project. So what what was the end game? Like, what did you find out from that? What were you trying to, like, what was... For lack of a better word, what was the point? Top secret, Jared. Really? No. But I mean, like, if you know, if he's still working on it, I don't want to say anything. Right, right. No, you know, that's, I don't. That's, I don't want him. I don't want to get scooped or. I don't want him to get scooped or. That's anything. very fair, mm -hmm. dude. That's cool. Like that, and you like that work. When you started doing that, where you just kind of like, oh shit, this is like, this is I could do this as like a. This is very interesting to me. Like, yeah, that was kind of like my first moment when I'm like. Wow, I, I'm like actually doing something, and there are like because those bacteria, there weren't really a, there wasn't really a lot of study done into culturing them. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of genetic study done into them at the time, but at the time there wasn't a lot of work done culturing those bacteria. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of bacteria out there, a lot of microbes that we have the genetic sequence for we know every protein that they code we know you know we have the code the genetic code for them but we can't culture them we can't actually grow them we can't study them in the same way that we study say you know a lot of the bacteria on your skin because mm -hmm. we you know it's impossible to grow at least right now um so that presents a interesting challenge for a lot of people. How am I supposed to study something that no one's grown before? Well, you either grow it or you do something else. And we decided, well, we could probably grow these. So we did. Uh, and thankfully, some did grow. So uh, we didn't characterize them while I was there. Um, I don't know if uh, it's been done since then. I haven't really checked up with Dr. Bateson in a minute. So. Damn, dude. You're blowing my mind. Yeah. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> um, so so that was your first, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to start going this way. Yeah, kind of. Like, that's that's about when, like, my mind was pretty set into, I think I wanted to do research before then. And then, like, once I was doing that project and I was really getting into it, I was like, okay, I get it now. I think I want to do this. Yeah. You know? And research is as far as like getting a job in research you know it's kind of competitive 
You got to be willing to move. You got to be willing to, you know, uh, get your neck out there at a bunch of different places. Um, there was a short stint. I know you remember this because I was really excited about it and I was like gabbing to everyone about it when I was interviewing with Los Alamos, mm-hmm. you know, and now I, I was like, when I sent that application in, I was like 90% sure that I was not going to get like a response. But you got to shoot your shot, man. You shoot your shot. And you know what? I shot my shot and they shot back and I was like, fuck, but I didn't end up getting a job anyway. So, but you know, that was enlightening. That kind of said to me like, wow, I can actually work in these pretty big places. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, like at least on paper, I look pretty good. So, uh, but yeah, so that was when I first kind of figured, yeah, I think I want to go into research. And then after that, I took more and more classes and more lab classes to try and like kind of prepare myself for something like that, you know, and then I graduated. I took a short break. That was a horrible idea. Because was it? What'd you do? I took a short break because I was kind of, you know, done with school and. Well, schools, man, schools a lot of work, dude. It is a lot of work. I took that break last January, mm-hmm. and then I started looking for work in late January to early February, and then I started interviewing places around late February. And guess what happened? I know you know what happened. What happened? COVID happened. Yep. Yeah. COVID. Oh, happened. so the, you're like, I'm gonna take a little break, and you're like. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck that break. Oh my god. Worst decision ever made. Yeah, well, I mean, you're probably not the only one that this shit fucked over. Oh no. I know so, a lot of people that this shit fucked over. But now because I know you you were you were applying a lot of places. I you was. were you were doing your damnedest. You were out there getting after it. Mm-hmm. And it ended up happening. It, it did How good does up. that feel? It it feels great. I, I finally, there's finally a place that said, yeah, he's good enough. And that that's really nice. Yeah. That's, that's really nice. It's it's uh, reassuring, isn't it? You just, because especially when, you know, you get denied a couple places, you start thinking, well, what, fuck, well, shit. I mean, I ha- naturally have low self-esteem, so I was kind of like, you know. Okay, I understand. You're like, I get it. (laughs) I get it. I get it. I'm I'm kind of a piece of shit. You know, it's fine. I'm self-aware enough to understand what's going on here. But, boom. So, tell me, because I haven't talked to you too much about it, just because I knew you were going to come on here. I I wanted to hear it, you know, kind of firsthand, so it didn't seem manufactured. So, kind of lay it down for me. What's the the future hold? What are you going to be studying? Where? What's going on? Yeah, so, uh, you know, part of the reason I got this, right, is uh, a friend of mine actually recommend, like, actually put their neck out there and recommended me for the position. And, you know, shout out to you, Cope, if you're listening to this. Like, shout out to Cope. That's how a lot of things happen, man. A lot of, thing hap- a lot of things happen that way, you know, for better yeah. or worse. That's just kind of how shit goes. Yeah, and also, shout out to Lena for introducing me to Cope. Like, you rock. You both rock. Shout out to both of you. Yeah. So uh, this position, right, uh, I I sent in my application, right, and they responded to me. Well, actually, I sent scope my application. Yeah. They got back to me, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, yeah, uh, we'll interview you for the position. And they basically, like, you know, we had the interview. And basically – it's a position in the immunology 
they researched the immunology of the ear, nose, throat, and lungs, basically. Oh. So what does the first word you say mean? Immunology? Yeah. The study of immunity. Gotcha. That makes system. sense. I could have probably figured that out with context clues. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, the study of immunity, right? So uh, they're interested uh, in T-cell populations in the ear, nose, and throat, mm -hmm. and also the lungs. There are some special populations there uh, that reside there, and they have um, uh, like specific um, – like there's a specific localization of T cells in the lungs and uh, the ears, nose, and throat that they want us they want to look at, uh, specifically uh, nose and throat, the respiratory system. That's just, I never thought about I it keep that ear, way. Nose, and throat. No, you're good. Yeah, that they're because when you when you hear um immune system, just in my cartoon brain, I just think there's just this like facility somewhere in your body, and yeah. that's like your immune system. That's just th you don't realize like. There's, it's kind of everywhere. It is everywhere. And I think my my dad and my uncle are identical twins, seven minutes apart. Wow. Um. So he had to give his cells. My uncle had cancer, and mm. so my dad was, since he was an identical twin, was able to transfer his cells oh. into him. Did he have leukemia? Was I don't it? remember what it was. Did it he was... did he transfer his bone marrow? Yes. It's probably leukemia. It's yeah. So. But if he wouldn't have been an identical twin, he may or may not have been completely fucked. Yeah, that's your your. You said your dad had cancer. Or your uncle. Had my cancer? uncle did, and my dad gave him his cells. Your uncle was one lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. Holy shit! Like. And it worked. And it worked. Yeah, he did. Uh, so there's this, uh, there's this thing called HLA, mm -hmm. right? Human leukocyte antigen, right? And that kind of determines, uh. In a lot of instances, how tissue transfers go. So that bone marrow transplant, right? Because your uncle and your dad were identical twins, they had, I mean, unless there was a mutation involved, identical HLA. Yes. Right? Yes. However, him and his sister, for example, if he has a sister. I'm he does. He does. Oh, hey, he does. Karen, shout out. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> Oh, man, that's unfortunate. Yeah, in this day and age. But what are you going to do? She's a great lady. I'm sure she's a great lady. <laughs> Not all Karens are Karens. That's what I say. That's true. Yes. Um. So, what were they saying? <laughs> HLA, identical right. twin. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, so that determines the success of a lot of tissue transfers. So if your dad, in, if your uncle instead got uh, the bone marrow transplant from your, uh, from his sister, right? Uh, it might have still gone okay, mm -hmm. right? This actually is usually more of an issue with like organ transfers, right? Uh, that like with bone bone marrow transplants, you still have to have uh, you have to put on immune suppression regimens, and that's the same for like organ donation, uh, so that your own immune system doesn't fuck up and kill the organ that you just got. What, it just kind of says, this is a foreign thing in my body, get the fuck out of here. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the name for it, uh, the syndrome that occurs. I think it's tissue graft rejection something. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um, but basically, 
yeah, your own immune system will fight off the organ because it recognizes it as a foreign mm-hmm. invader. And and the only way you can prevent it from killing it is to basically tell your immune sh- your immune system to shut the fuck up. Just be like, shh, 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 shut, stop. Yeah. Just stop. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Um, yeah, you gotta tell your T-cells to shut the fuck up, and that's it. That's it's like you're, you're letting someone else into the party, and the bouncer's like, this dude's gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And you gotta be like, uh, all right, bouncer, you need to go for a little bit. Yeah. This dude's fine in here. This dude's okay. So He's, he's keeping the party alive. So, weirdly enough, it seems like that you, so you took that break, COVID kind of fucked you. But kind of the field you're getting into, it seems like it's going to be direct, like even more important, right? Because of COVID. Right, because now the, immu- the immune system, the lungs, the throat, yeah. the no- all that, I mean, that's like- It got clobbered during all this. So it, that seems like it's going to be very, very important research. Have you heard of um, these COVID long haulers? Mm-mm. I don't know if you've heard of them. Okay, so basically, there's these people. Like, This is my greatest fear, right? Mm-hmm. There are these people that get COVID, and they have symptoms six months after they have COVID. So like it's, it's just kind of like hibernating in them? No, no. The COVID's gone. The COVID is gone. The coronavirus le- is gone. However, they still have all of these symptoms uh these so for example one of the most common ones is brain fog they'll just have brain fog and it's like really bad there was one example of a phd a former phd who couldn't even write her name properly six months out of after covid because she got the virus so it's like this delayed like you're you have it but you don't you it's already run through you but it's still like in there yes that's fucked up, dude. And it happens with uh, so brain fog's one. Uh, actually, probably the more common one is lung scarring. So obviously, mm. right? You get you don't COVID. want scars on your lungs. No, there are a lot of people that um, they'll get COVID and then six months out, they still can't walk up a flight of stairs without being winded. You know, some of these people like, if you're an athlete, for example, and you get COVID and then suddenly you got scars on your lung, your career's kind of fucked dude yeah or or you like get it you get over it and then the six months later you're like well shit i can't fucking i'm having a hard time yeah i thought i was over this shit you got knocked down like 10 places just because of a virus like think about that like so that's that's my biggest fear is like personally is that i get covid right and well my biggest fear is that i give it to someone and they die like that'd be the worst thing but the second worst thing is I get it, and then, oh, oops, you get brain fog, have fun writing your name. Yeah. Like, that. that's the real scary one. Or you got this job, have fun doing research with brain fog. Yeah, that might be fun. <laughs> I think you're going to be all right. Is, uh, is the stuff that you're going to be researching di- going to be directly correlated to this, or is it just kind of a coincidence that all this is happening and... Yes and no. Yes and no. So COVID, though there is re- though we're going, yeah. so though the lab does research in COVID, it's not as much of a focus. It's not specifically we're trying to 
figure this out. They were already doing something before this, right? Yes, they okay. actually work on uh, COPD and illnesses like COPD. I don't know if What's you know what COPD. Uh, constructive. Uh, sorry, no. Uh, fuck. Uh, chronic. There we go. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. There we go. I've heard of that. Yeah. So, smoker's lung, basically. Mm-hmm. You, you smoke a lot, and you get to wheeze for the last half of your life. Yeah. I quit smoking. Good. You will hopefully not get to experience that. I only smoked for like eight years, but not a lot. Yeah, okay. That's good. All my, my grandparents smoked up until about the time I was like a child. Then they quit. Right. And they seem to be. I mean, if you quit while you're ahead, normally it's it's better. Like, there's still, like, permanent lung scarring for a lot of those people, especially if they're older and when they quit. But... What a crazy thing, right? Yeah. It's just... I won't even start talking about it because then I'll be like, man, I, I might want a cigarette. I'll literally... <laughs> I'll you literally still get it, do you? Yeah, I'll literally talk about how detrimental it is and horrible and then I'll be like all that care. talk kind of makes me Yeah. That's horrible, man. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I mean uh yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons like I try to avoid a lot of a lot of stuff like that, you know? Like like why main... why start when you know? It's like why why you would never if someone was like, "Hey, you want to smoke crack?" You're like, yeah. "Well, <laughs> first like, of all, what? it's called crack." I've heard it's very addictive, and no one really comes out of that okay. So, no, I'm good on smoking the crack. Thank you. Yes, the crack's fine. Keep it. Keep you it. enjoy your crack if you would like, yeah, but I will keep not. keep your be. crack. I will keep my sanity and That's kind of what cigarettes are. They're like, do you want yeah. diet crack? Do you want this is diet, diet crack. crack. Nice. But, um... It's kind of it's it's very interesting. I like the progression of like how you were like, oh, you know, my gra- my great grandmother. This happened, and that kind of inspired you to lead you down a path of something you would end up being interested in. Um, I feel like our our grandparents didn't take the best care of themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like this day and age. Like I I. I've this whole COVID thing kind of like shook yeah. shook me a little, and I think a lot of people went one way or the other. They went like, "I gotta fucking get on the ball," or they went, "Fuck it, this shit's over." Like so, like I started pursuing my dreams. I started taking vitamins. I started taking like nutrients. I started making sure. Uh, ironically enough, I ended up having like this acid reflux stomach thing that like. Okay, now I got to start eating healthy. Yeah. Um. And I, I also told myself, I'm like, dude, if you want to keep drinking, you got to shut everything else down. Exactly. I was like, no more smoking. You got to take fucking supplements to get your nu- nutrition. So you quit smoking you to, because of COVID? Partially. Partially. It wasn't just that. It was more of the stomach thing, honestly. Because honestly, I read that that was like the number one worst thing for like your like acid reflux yeah. was just smoking. So I was like... We're done there because I just I literally had a conversation with myself. I'm like, do you want to smoke cigarettes or do you want to drink? Like, I want to drink. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, cigarettes are out. I was like, do you want to eat shitty food or do you want to drink? It was like a bracket, like a final four bracket. Then drinking one. Where just everything had to be fucking cut out. And I was like, well, you keep doing that, but you got to fucking stop all that. 
So it's like, you know, like religiously, like take take your fucking vitamin, drink in the morning, no smoking, eat like a fucking saint. What do you eat now? And a lot of turkey wraps. Turkey wraps. So I eat a lot of turkey wraps, and I eat a lot of bone broth. Ah, you went the keto route. I see. And is it like all keto, or are you like kind of like? No, I'm just. I just try to. Honestly, if you gave me a pill, for the most part, that was just like, this is going to give you all the nutrients you want. You will not be hungry for the rest of the day. I would be good with that. I really love food, but I, I don't need it. My I don't need sister, it. she was really interested in this thing called, um, fuck, what was it called? It was this meal replacement, but a lot of gamers like it. Uh, oh, Soylent. That's it. That's it. Uh, you know, the what, what movie was that? Soylent Green is People. I don't know. What is it? So, like, uh, the the name Soylent is based off of a... It's a movie reference. Um, but Soylent is a total meal replacement thing. Like, it's basically like a protein powder. Mm-hmm. But it's got everything in it. And it's supposed to be, like, you know... It's supposed to be a nutrient replacement, but for people with... Uh, disposable income basically right <laughs> like it's marketed as like a save time during work or when yeah. you're gaming that shit just seems to me like there's certain things you got to do and eating's one of them and i don't think you're really going to get around that that's just not how the i don't think the, the i just don't feel like that's how the body works it's like you got to eat something man you're totally right so like there has to be sustenance in you you can't just you know, so i don't think you're those things kind of scare me. Maybe further in the future when they've proven it. What I like to do is I like to let motherfuckers do that first. <laughs> and then I wait. <laughs> like and then my I sister. wait. <laughs> Just see what happens to my sister. See what's going on there. I don't know. I- I'm sure it's fine if you don't do it all the time. Uh, she actually got it for my dad uh, for a birthday present uh, because, you know, my, my dad works a lot. Mm-hmm. You know him. Uh, mm-hmm. So. And, of course, my dad looked at the label and, you know, I wouldn't say he's a health nut, but he's health aware. Right. He saw all the sugar in there. He's like, nah. Yeah, that's the thing with, like, a lot of shit is, like, especially, like, I feel like granola bars and shit. You're just like, there's 27 grams of sugar in this bitch. Yeah. I don't want that. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't think there's a single thing that I've had that has not had added sugar thrown in there that's been packaged. I try to do... Just because I don't Except know maybe anything. Potato chips. Potato I, chips. I don't think have added sugar, right? I do n- n- very little to no carbs. Okay. I had half a calzone today, so I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as little sugar as possible, and then and then everything else is kind of fair game. Yeah, I like I'm a I am nutritionally educated, but very lazy. You know what I eat. You see me at T bar, mm-hmm. like I I kind of eat like trash, um, but I I know how to get my act together. Honestly, honestly, working at T bars kind of been pretty bad for my health. It's a little difficult. It's really difficult when you have delicious like pizza that's actually like you can go get. Not not trying to be an ad for T bar here, mm-hmm. but it's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, um. Yeah, but I, I'm aware enough to know, like, you know, I can have, like, a healthy diet being a vegan, but I have to not be an idiot 
and uh, my palate is an idiot's palate sometimes. Well, it's times. it's the the path the path of least resistance. Exactly. You know, it's just so easy to it it takes thought and time to eat healthy. It does. It really and does. if you've been drinking all night, not <laughs> sleeping. Do you want to fucking sit there and make another turkey wrap and heat up some bone broth? Fuck no. You fucking make a pepperoni calzone. You and you down three pieces and you're not even satisfied. You go to Burger King in the middle of the night and you're like, can I get the uh, the Impossible Whopper? That's a vegan. Yeah, With right. no mayo, because those fuckers put mayo on it for some That's weird. Reason. Yeah, I know, right? Like, you got a meatless burger and you put mayo on it. Like, you know, I get it. It might be vegetarian situation. It's, I think that is what they're going yeah. for. They're like, because there are a lot more vegetarians than vegans. It's definitely easier to appease a vegetarian than it is a vegan. I have a vegetarian friend. I have a few vegetarian friends. No, right now I only have one vegetarian friend. I have one, I have one friend that used to be vegetarian and then ate meat. And that's when I met them. And now they're like back to like a pescatarian mode. Because they just can't give up fish. Right, they'll eat fish. Right. That makes. I mean, I get it. Well, yeah, but um, yeah, I, ha- I have a I have a vegetarian friend, and uh, she is like very sad that we can no longer eat cheese together. <laughs> <laughs> we used to just sit around and eat cheese Dude, and just not take shits. It was amazing. I was a total cheese snob, way back. Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with being there. Yeah. There, I think snobbery is okay if you acknowledge it. And you're like, like I'm a tonic schnob. Like, yeah. don't be, don't come at me with some schweps. You hear me, Matt Morris? Don't be coming at me with some schweps. Call out. Um. So, how do you feel about it? How do you feel, dude? You did great. Great on. Oh shit. How long do you think this has gone on for? Oh my god, are you kidding me? Has yeah. it been, already been an hour? It's an. We're at an hour and twenty-one minutes. Holy shit! Wow, I did it. You did good, dude. Yeah, I so you know. We're, are you okay to wrap it up? Are you? F- I mean, if you're good to wrap it up, I'm good to wrap it up. Do you I have any keep going too? If do you, you have want. any more to add? Do you have yeah, any, Do you have well, anything else you wanted to talk I do, about? I do want to say one thing because I'm gonna have to take a piss break. Yeah, if we continue, I can make a public service announcement here for everyone whose uh, livelihoods have been affected by COVID, especially you recent grads. Keep putting out your applications. Do not give up. You will get your shit together. Don't worry. I thought I wouldn't, and with a little bit of help and encouragement, I did. Dude, you're on the podium, dude. Yeah. You're, uh, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? This exactly. too shall pass, all that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Just believe in yourself and keep moving on, right? Just do it. Like, that... Shia LaBeouf meme, right? Mm-hmm. From like, do it, do it, just do it. Man, I'm I'm so fucking happy for you. I've known you for a long time. I've watched you. You're honestly, you're one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. Oh, Jared, thanks. I, I've, you know, watched you become who you are now. It's, it's been an honor. I'm glad that our paths crossed. I'm just, I'm a dude from Florida. Like, who knew, you yeah, know? Yeah, you'd come all the way up here. It's crazy, right? And, like, we'd meet, and I'd, I'd be 16, barely. And then that's that. And now we're here, and I, all this shit happened. I'm very thrilled for you. If there's ever anything I can do for you, you let me know. Yeah. Um. You, I need you to be, like, 
I want you to either, if you're ever back in town visiting, I want you to come come talk on this podcast. If I ever, uh, we're going to get a different setup where we can take phone calls. Maybe I can talk to you about it. I think you're going to have a very bright, interesting future. I'm very fucking excited for you. Mm-hmm. Very happy for you. Um, I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. I really am. Maybe one day when I'm like working on more shit, I will come back and we'll talk about what I'm actually working on. And yeah. That would be really fucking sweet. Absolutely. This, yeah. you always have a place here for sure. And dude, I'm so fucking excited for you. You're going to do cool shit. You, you really are. Um, I really you, fucking hope so. <laughs> this is, this is where you had your first gin drink. Uh, you crushed it. This has been awesome. Thank you, Jared. Thank you for coming on here. Um, and I want you to come back on again awesome. one day. Any final thoughts? Um, no, not really. I just, uh, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a, I, I did a lot better than I thought I would. Let me put it that way. Uh, I, I'm a little bit of a nervous Nelly, you know, when it comes to um, stuff like this. But I feel like I did a lot better than uh, than I was expecting. So, there we go. I think you did awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Give me a cheers on that. Cheers. First gin drink. Yeah, plastic cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I might ha- have done a little bit of the work, actually. <laughs> and we haven't uh, had an episode in a while, so I'm very glad that that this gets to be one that we get to put out. Oh, yeah, because I, like, you said you needed people, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And that was, like, what, a month or two ago? Mm-hmm. And then I, like, asked you, like, you still need someone? Uh yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm glad I I glad that I asked you to do it before um before I left. <laughs> yeah, this is it's honestly been a I feel like a good send-off, a cool thing in our relationship and yeah. I I'm going to be in touch with you, man. Please do. I, I will be. Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll stay in touch. We out. Out. <laughs>